Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. Uh, Maddie Marshall and coming up on the first PSP of 2013 in Dallas, March 14th through 17th. So make sure to tell every single person that you know for vast entertainment value and the love <laughs> of the game uh, that, you know, watch the show because the more people to watch it, the better, the better paintball does. And uh, I'm incredibly excited because I got my buddy, um, longtime friend and uh, co-host and, you know, somebody who I've always appreciated his love for the game and his ability to play it and his passion for it um, on and off the field, Chris Soya. Who's impressing you right now in the league? Man, you know, uh, team-wise or individual-wise? Both. Um, Who impressed you in 2012? Wow. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's, 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 I wouldn't say a list, but there's, there's a good amount of people. Um, you know, I think... Every but there's at least one person every team throughout the year that actually impressed me at one time or another. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's some standout phenomenal players. God, you know what? I feel bad about this, but there's one guy um, that wears a visor, Billy Wing visor. Max Trailer. Max Trailer. Thank you very much. Seven. Yeah. Um, side. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry that I, I totally forgot his name right there. It's, it's been all. It's, we've been off for a little bit. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kid actually. I mean, I, I thought he pulled he pulled off a couple moves, and I was like, yeah, whatever. It's a couple moves, you know, here and there. But consistently over the year, at every tournament, at least one or two games, he pulled off moves like that. Yeah. And you keep doing that consistently, you're going to impress me. Yeah. He really impressed me. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, Nick Laval Nick on Laval. that team is a yeah. beast, too. Yeah. He's Cherry impresses for a little bit. Colin Cherry. Colin Cherry. Yeah. However, Colin Cherry. he wasn't consistent. CEP, but yeah. Nick Laval, because he's right in front of us. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, Max. Well, I like that you're picking guys that are not your typical guys to pick. Yeah. You know well, I mean? that's, what, are, that, that's why it impressed me. Yeah. The typical guys, yeah, cause I, guys, I expect that out of them. Yeah. I, ex- I expect the Ryan Greenspans to shoot, you know, to shoot two, three people or do whatever. I expect the Oliver Langs to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's going to take a lot for those guys to impress me. I mean, they're consistent, but it's, come on, it's Ryan Greenspan. It's, yeah. it's Oliver Lang. It's so uh, you're going to hear me spend more time on the people that you wouldn't hear about because... I'm so used to these kids kicking the crap let out of me. Let me ask you this then. Okay. I, uh, let me ask you this though because I think this is something you could probably speak to. How how hard is it to stay at that top level, you know? I mean, because you get a guy like, let's say, Justin Rapikoff, for instance. And I think Justin probably is a little, you know, he didn't have the 2012 that he had in 2000. He didn't have the year in 2012 that he had in 2011. Obviously, it's a different team. But still, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, it's not like he was the 87th ranked guy. He was still pretty far up there. He right. was second in the G ranking or the G rating, the kill count. I mean, he was he did some work, but he didn't do work to the level that people had seen him before. Kind of like expecting, you know, uh, Jesus Christ to walk out there at all times. You know, <laughs> right. where it's like, do you think that's a it's a fair criticism? And and then also, how would you look at that as well? Having been one of those guys that every year, it's like, okay. How good is Chris Soya going to play yeah, this well, year? Well, yeah, you're right, and it's not—it's not like that. Well, like you said, man, it's the, the the pressure to maintain what you've created is is immense. Um, you have to practice harder because you go out there and you're beating somebody up. It, they're getting better as you're as you're maintaining what you're doing. They're getting better, and eventually they're going to be as good as you. It makes you better. Which, like back in the day, all of us would go back and forth. Yeah, you know, you kick my butt, I kick your butt, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and it was never ending. Which made us who we are today. Mm-hmm. However, nowadays, you know, and it's it's unfortunate to say this. Not, I mean, I'm going to put this you know in the lightest way possible. Is Ryan Greenspan is not a kid anymore. 
You know, Oliver Lang's not a kid anymore. They're still at the top of their game, but they're where I was with 10 years ago when they started kicking to my butt. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I kicked the crap out of those kids forever. And then finally, it got to the point where they're getting, you know, you, all you guys are getting really, really good. And then it just went opposite. Now I'm trying to kick your ass mm-hmm. because I wasn't nearly as good as I used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm falling off. I'm getting older. You guys are only getting better because m- real life caught up with me. So I'm working more, practicing less, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's a flip. And I think that, you know, I got to a point where in my career where I guess got burnt out. It's like, man, I want to go spend time with my girl. I want to go to the beach. I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't want to go practice. I'm tired of practicing, you know, and it got, it did get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to that point, then yes, you start falling off. And the people that were, that you're now beating up on now are beating up on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Dynasty had a tough line. year last year. It's a fine line. Yeah. Dynasty yeah. did have a tough year I mean, year they, last they year. won, you know, they, they won a couple, you know, a couple tournaments here, but they, they didn't, they didn't win five in a row. No. You know, they had a rough year last year and I, I'm starting to see that, you know, look, Alex Frazier, another amazing paintball player. He has, he has real life. I mean, it's real life now, and we're getting older. And paintball is still a major, major factor in my life and your life and everybody else's life. But I'm at the realization where I know that I can't compete anymore with these kids. Thank God I got a spot in the booth with you because I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be without you. Hey, you're good at talking about things. Yeah, yeah. And you but, know a lot about the game. So. Yeah, but you know, like, like I said, though, I, I came to the realization mm-hmm. is I'm just not, I'm not as good as I used to be. You know, and it takes a professional player to hey, say, hey, look, it's time for me to stop. You know, and Did, was that an epiphanal moment for you? Was that like a was that something that I mean, because you still play? I mean, you still play competitive. Yeah, I do. You know, I and do you're play still really good. But I at what point it. did you really feel that, you know, where you're like, you know what? And hey, Maddie, you know what? Thank you for saying, hey, come do the broad, uh, broadcast with us. But I'm going to go. I'm going to try to get a spot on uh, uh, X Factor for this yeah. season. And don't, don't think I haven't thought about it. Don't think it didn't cross my mind. I was going to say, right? It, it had crossed my mind. You know, and but I, I still think about it sometimes. Sometimes I look down and be like, I, dude, uh, <laughs> I, I can run. Like, I'm faster and better yeah. shape than I was it, when I was playing. I could still do this. Here's what helped make my decision. But still, though, you know? No, it's and like, and when, the second time I tore my ACL, mm-hmm. that, I mean, the first time I tore my ACL, I mean, it was, it was the most pain in my life. I came back and I tore it again. And I'm like, you know what? Look, I'm like, I'm getting to the point where if I have kids or in the future, I don't want to, I see, I see, a, I see old people, not old people, I see older people that have been playing sports, you know, walking around with canes and limps and, and problems with their, you know, and, and the doctor actually said to me, he goes, look, your cartilage in your knee is, is almost non-existent. You're, you know, your bones have been going, you've been beating your body up for so long. Where do you want to go? Do you want to continue to play this sport that you love or do you want to walk when you're 50, you know, or 60? And I, I actually had to take a look at it and say, look, you know, I want, I don't, I don't want to be walking with a limp. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I want to be running down the beach when I'm 50, when I'm 60. I want to be running around. I don't want to be, a, you know, riding a bike. I, I, w- I don't want to be the guy limping in, in a wheelchair, you know, because I can't walk or having my, my girl help me down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy. And the level of play, I mean, we used to play five games, drink, you know, 25 beers back in the day. You can't do that anymore. You got to be in, fe- you know, t- not top physical position, uh, uh, yeah. positioning. Yeah, look, look at Scott Kemp. He's a specimen. Yeah, he's all, a specimen. Jason Edwards, all these kids. Specimens. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I can still play paintball, but I just don't think that the level play, look at race to seven. Man, it, it is a quick turnaround. You're playing a lot of paintball in the sun. I mean, the, the, 
the weather is just, I mean, there's just so many variables there that I just needed to say to myself, look, where do I want to be in 10 years? Um, I'm happy up here in the booth. I think I can help more now in the booth than going down there and shooting somebody in the face like I used to. I think I can do more for the sport well, I, now. Honestly, I felt that same thing too because when I retired, like I felt like I had a good World Cup that year and was like dominating out there for a little bit and kind of was like, man, it's like what, uh, what else – what's more important right now you know i was like i i i and we were re- gonna have to rebuild excessive again and i was like man like rebuild another team or try to do stuff with paintball media wise you know and it was like kind of a struggle you know and it was kind of one of those things so it's i think that you know like i've talked to a lot of guys i remember davy hit me up one time and was the after the year after i stopped playing full time because it so consumes your life for a long period of time mm-hmm. and and uh and it's really how you also how you kind of define yourself you know it's 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 that constant if you're in that constant play every weekend play 15 17 events a year teach clinics and then you know and then you so you're gone literally i mean i remember one year it was like i think there was maybe 35 weeks ish out of the year that i wasn't in my hometown yeah and so for at that level, you're like, okay, well, you know, what do you do? So and I remember Davey before, you know, he retired last year and he's like the year before when he was contemplating retirement, he's like, what's it like? You know, I mean, and we had a kind of a bro moment, you know, or we'd said that right. real conversation with each other. And, you know, so you're kind of have been on the precipice of that for the past couple of years and being one of those guys who did help define the sport as it as it came out of the woods and became what it is now that's an interesting thing because that's where you just came out of so it's kind of interesting to see what your thoughts are on that you know what i mean well you know i mean like like i said it's like, i'm i'm glad that i'm still in a position to give to the sport so much of that's given to me mm-hmm. and i mean as long as i'm here given knowledge i'm like a you know britannica I'm, I'm, you know, open me up. You want to ask me a question? I will tell Wikipedia any- for the kids these days. Yeah, Wikipedia. No Sorry. one knows what excitement yeah. w- w- is. Wiki me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. No, but like you said, I mean, and I have, there is a lot of kids at, now that we talk about it, you know, I'm on Twitter and, you know, you and me are constantly talking to people on Twitter as we're on the, on the PB access show, you know, hit me up on Twitter or just come talk to me, ask me questions. Cause I have a, I have a, you know, a wealth of knowledge to give to you on how to handle situations. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna give you snap shooting questions or, you know, if you wanna ask me real, you know, questions, you know, uh, you know that's, I'm more than happy to answer all those questions, you know, how can I get past this or well, what can I do? It's interesting now, cause like Jason Edwards and Ryan Greenspan are also doing this a lot and Scott Kemp's doing this too. And he, he's a lot, Scott Kemp also incorporates the fitness side of things too, which is becoming more and more important. But it's interesting because it's like, okay, well, if you wanna be a really good paintball player, you don't need to be, you don't need to be in peak physical condition. I mean, look at the Mike Paxons, the Dave Baines, and the Chris Hookers. But if you want to play one on the snake side, yeah, man, you, you're going to need to be in really good shape. Right. And so, but that's okay because, like, again, now look at Jason Edwards and Scott Kemp. Both those dudes were like, I mean, Scott wasn't quite the transformation that Jason was, but, you know, when I first met Scott Kemp, he was like a... He was a little chubby. He was a little chubby, he little, was a little, little chubby. you know, 16, 17-year-old kid. Yeah. And now he's... <laughs> now he's risen a great god, dude. Seriously, he is. You know, but... Uh, and same with Jason Edwards. When he first tried out for Excessive, he was like a pudgy dude. And now he's, com- you know, completely turned into this gym rat peak physical specimen. And that's an act of will. 
That's simply saying, you know what? Here's the genetic handshake that I got, but I'm going to exert my own willpower and effort on that situation, and I'm going to dictate how fit I am and what I can do physically. And became, they became championship paintball players. Yep. And that's possible. Like anybody can do that, honestly. Like, right. and I and I do say anybody because I've seen I've seen big time transparency. Yes. Dude, I saw this video the other day, and it blew. You know, like occasionally I'll see some see some things that just make me feel like a giant pussy. And this is one <laughs> of those things. One of the like, and I you see these documentaries of these like transformational stories. You ever want like? Here's another one, Running the Sahara. Watch the documentary, Running the Sahara. Have you ever heard of this before? No. It's a group of dudes, three guys. One of them is a former party kid, like, from Canada, who just was, like, chubby and partied a shit ton and, like, super into partying, which is cool. But he was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. And then he became an ultra marathoner. The other guy is, like, 47 at the time, old, old, older than both of us by far, and he's an ultra marathoner and then it was like some crazy korean uh professional marathonist you know like he runs marathon he's a, a professional runner mm -hmm. those three guys run across the sahara desert never taking a day off they ran on average 30 miles a day and they ran across libya they ran across like conflict areas they ran across the middle of the desert i mean they literally ran from <laughs> from one ocean to the sinai peninsula Never taking a day off, bro. Like over 2,000 miles, dude. That I was like, I watched that and I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, and you know, and I, and I, and I was, I'm afraid to run the refrigerator. I, I was jogging it a lot at the time and I'm like, dude, it's hard for me to run nine miles, let alone 30 miles in a day. So that was impressive. There was another, another one called Marathon Boy, which was about this kid from India who ran, who became famous for running like really far. And, uh, and he's, that's, it's another documentary that just will make you feel like you're just this pathetic weakling <laughs> that has completely succumbed <laughs> to his fears, you know, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. And this other one I watched recently was this, it was a veteran paratrooper whose back was shot and would like walk with canes and had gained a bunch of weight. And, uh, and then of all people on earth, Diamond Dallas Page, the, uh, the wrestler found him on YouTube or found him on online and started working with him doing yoga. And now this dude is like, you know, the doctor literally told him, like, you're never going to walk unassisted in your life ever again. It's never going to happen. Like, you're, this is going to be you. This is you the rest of your life. And he was like, no, I'm not listening to what the doctors say. I'm, I'm going to walk again one day. And it was one of those, those web videos that you watch and that has like a billion shares and a million gazillion every, cause it's just so inspirational. It was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. That's the real deal. Yeah. That's the real deal. So, but, you know, so it is cool to see these guys like kind of reform their bodies. And, and I've met, you know, tons of people over the years with like disabilities who use paintball as therapy, you know, like right. Monty, one of the guys that plays uh, um, scenarios and has multiple sclerosis, you know, and like yeah. you always see yeah. those guys out yeah, there. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of charity events and stuff like that, you know, and I mean, that's some of these people are just so determined and they're, everybody's fantastic. Just their personality is just overwhelming. So. So the second time you blew your ACL out, was it the same yeah. knee? No, it was the same knee, yeah. Same I blew, knee. Yeah, so I blew my ACL out the second time, and I just decided, I was like, look, you know, it's it's about my time. You know, I think I, I, I still play. Um, I repaired it. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm still playing at that, at that level. Uh, I'm not nearly as fast, and I don't take nearly as many as risks as I used to because 
you know, I just, the last thing I want to do is, is blow that again. So, well, well, I mean that, but that's what you were known for. You were known for that reckless abandon, crazy dives, wherever, just that, that physical kind of athletic ability to take the game to the other team, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, but it's like guys like Ryan and Oliver to go back to what we were talking about, like it, Ryan and Oliver are both physical specimens. Really? Though. They are really, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they're they're not Kilimanjaro swimming the yeah channels but they, but it's interesting because they're those they're those rare dudes that they're not like Scott or Jason like those guys have to, you know they train all the time to stay in that sort of condition you know I, I've heard multiple times because I, I you know I live with Ryan Greenspan so I've heard multiple times when guys will come up to me and, that we know and we will be like you're gonna tell me Ryan doesn't work out. And I'm like, no, nah, he doesn't really. I mean, he 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 does train, you know, for for paintball, but he it's not like he's in the gym five days a week, right. you know. He just <laughs> and then Oliver same way, you know. I mean, yeah. I remember talking to Kevin Mitchell one time. Kevin Mitchell, the mm-hmm. baseball yeah, player. yeah, baseball player. Yeah, he's a, and, he's a good guy too. Well, this was yeah. an interesting story because Kevin Mitchell was one of the guys that before steroids became a big deal in baseball, he played paintball and he had told me he was like, yeah, he's like, dude, everyone's on steroids, and I'm just like, really, you know, I mean child or kevin mitchell was a childhood idol of mine right and because he played on you know he was just the man and played on teams that i liked and and so you know having him tell me that like mark mcguire and sammy sosa and barry bonds and all these dudes doing like massive amounts of steroids and you know just kind of breaking this down for me in like the year 1999 or 2000 or 1998 but anyway, he was just like, oh, yeah, dude, everyone's on steroids. He's like, and he looks at Oliver and goes, he's like, Oliver's got to be on steroids. And I was like, God, I'm guarantee you, yeah. Oliver is not on steroids, dude. He's like, no one gets cut like that. You know, does he, how much does he work out? And I'm like, nah, I just, I mean, he doesn't even, he just, he's fit. And he stays active, but he doesn't really work out. And he's like, oh, he's got to be on deck. Brian Foy was the same way. Yeah. Brian Fowl. But he worked out a lot, though. Did he? Yeah, well, not around me. He, he worked. <laughs> yeah, Brian Fowl was kind of a gym rat. I mean, yeah. he was he was he had good genetics, mm-hmm. but he didn't have Oliver or no. Ryan genetics. No, no. You know, but you know, some people are born into those bodies, and some people aren't. Right. You know? Well, and, you know, and with that said, you know, uh, you know, playing playing in the woods, I, I had less injuries than playing on turf. So, you know, you see all these football players and stuff getting, you know toward ACLs or hurting MCLs or whatever, you know, blown out knees, you really got to take care of your body and, and really focus on what you have to, what you're, what you have to deal with. I mean, know your, know your limit, know your limitations and know what your body can handle. Let me ask you this question. What do you think, because we were talking about moves earlier, what do you think is your greatest move of all time? Like what's like the number one move? Like, cause if you literally had to, or even doesn't even be the greatest move of all time, but just if you were to have to pick I mean, when you, because I, I, if somebody were, were to ask me, all right, hey, as approved by you, what do you tell me? What are your greatest moves that you ever did? Because I could sit here and tell you about that rage game that where I watched you shoot seven dudes in a ten man game, or, or other games that I've seen you play that I would, I would say, okay, these are to me. If I had to like write the article and be like, all right, here's Chris Lasoy's or write the book or whatever, be like, here's the greatest moves that Chris Lasoy ever did ever in his career, or ask around. But what do you think your own personal greatest moves are? Huh. Um, God, man. I really, honestly, like I said, when I black out, I really don't know. Come on. You've got to give me something. I'm not <laughs> taking that answer. If um, I've, got, I've got a goddamn microphone on you right let's, now. Let's think. Uh, I want okay. your greatest there, there moves. Is, there is one move, and only because I know it happened because I was on tape, and I, that's when I saw it happen. And I didn't really know it happened until the end. But um, I was playing overseas one time, 
And I remember I was running up the middle and I shot two guys on the wire, on the right wire going outside. Mm -hmm. And when I get to the middle, I, I look to, I kind of rap like I always do. And I see two or three more guys just sitting there not even looking at me. I shoot those three guys and then I run up the middle, I bunker the center guy. And then this is back in seven man, I think, and there's one guy left. So I shot all seven of this game. I run up and then the last guy's looking the other way. I walk up behind him and I tap him on the shoulder. And I said, hey bro. And I actually took a pot out of his pack, loaded my gun and shot him with his own paint. <laughs> that was, that's probably, because I was out of paint no by the time way. I got back there. Where was, I, where was this? It was in France. Hey. It was in France. Remember when we used to use the lower fields, like on the bottom side, where you had to walk like a mile to get to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back over there. No, I, I think there's a handful of people that saw it. It was on video one time, though. Like I went over and they tried to hit the. So there, on video, you take the dude's pot out. Yeah. Or, no, they, you see me coming. I shoot two guys. I you see me rap. I shoot three guys, right? I run up the center. I shoot the one guy in the center, and then I run up and the last guy's even looking at me. So of course, I'm out of paint at this point. So I took a pot out. I said, "Hey, dude, I took a pot out, and I I loaded it and I shot him in the back with his own paint." The refs tried to pull me out and screw me, saying you're not allowed to touch another player. And they actually called me out. <laughs> but that was that. Honestly, that that's the only thing that really ever sticks in my mind. It was because only I think only because I got it screwed because it pissed me off so bad. But it was uh, that's probably my favorite move of all time. That's that one. Good. And I think I think in my career I've probably tapped out in in airball games or X-ball games. I've probably tapped out about five or six people. I think one of them was excessive with you. Who's that? Who's that UFC guy or the MMA guy that used to guys to play with? That played with an excessive. You mean Paul, the our Paul, trainer? Paul what? Paul Mendoza? No, no, no. He played on the team, but well, I can't remember this kid's name. Anyway, I I tapped him out one time, and I remember Rich got really pissed off at me. And, really? And, yeah, because I I didn't shoot the guy. Of course. Then it, you got the Kyle Stall incident. I was pretty proud of that one myself. Well, I gotta ask about. I mean, since we're here. <laughs> uh, in the uh, the execution, leg the leg, yeah, the execution, which oh. is on oh. camera. I think it actually became a gift. You know, one of mm. those things where it's just the same thing rotating over uh, and over again. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, so when you executed poor Kyle Stahl, you paint the picture for so, me. So you tell the, me here's, the story. Okay, here's you tell exactly me the story. what happened. Because I, you told me he he was he flopped like in the NBA. We we were freezing cold. It was it was forty degrees in Texas. It was freezing. Were you there for that tournament? Yeah. Oh yeah. It oh, was yeah. freezing. It was terrible. I, I right. We I, were I walking the field in board shorts one day. Yes. Literally. Yes. On Wednesday we were walking the field in board shorts, and then the next day it's thirty degrees below zero. I got yeah. It was freezing. I got shot in the thumb the game before, so I was already pissed off, mm -hmm. and it was freezing. So. I remember running up, and I got, I got to their side of the field, and I'm shooting across the field, and I, I see Kyle Stahl get shot in the pack. I, mm -hmm. I see it. I was shooting green paint. I remember like it was next, like it was yesterday. I'm shooting green paint. I shoot him two or three times in the pack. He's wearing white pat, white pods because it was it was the Raiders, and they used to all wear white pods. Yeah, yeah. So I can yeah, plainly see Raiders, it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting here looking at him. I look at the ref, and I'm like, somebody call him out, right? Well, finally, I bet you a minute goes by me shooting at him still. Finally, they call him out. And he's walking on the field talking to the ref. Mm -hmm. In my mind, he's still playing. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure what went through my mind, but I was still pissed. So I grabbed <laughs> the flag, and I shot him actually in the strap. It was in the back of the strap, right where the clip is. Yeah. And I think it scared him more than anything. So he just falls well, down. Well, because in the video, it looks like you knocked him out. He might have been knocked out. He might have. <laughs> might? I'm not a doctor. I can't judge that. I mean, I, I'm I, just saying, because in the video, it looks like... You headhunted this dude, and again, that's why I'm asking you for clarification on because I wasn't there yeah. to see it. You know, I just heard like, oh, uh, you know, Chris I, executed some poor kid on the uh, I did not on the Jacksonville him. Raiders. I, I shot him in the strap after he was already dead. 
uh, he he probably was dead. <laughs> but I mean, it's you know, in, in, in my defense, I did feel bad bad about it. Um, I talked to him about it. Words, I apologized, and I did feel terrible about it. I really did, and it's nothing I would ever do again. You know, but it was just it's it's just on the field. I just lose my mind, and I always have since day one. You know what's funny though is that your persona on the field and your persona off the field always struck me as um as different you know because one of the reasons that we've that i've always because you know a lot of people over the years have been like oh you know um you know chris is an asshole blah blah blah, arrogant this and that i mean you know the criticisms that have been leveled against you over the years but you've always had your defenders and i've been one of those guys because you know dude first of all you know, some people are different. You know, everyone's got a different personality. And just because you have one type of personality can't mean doesn't mean you can look at other people with a different type of personality and say, well, you know, screw that guy because he's a little bit more brash than I am. You know, right. Second of all, when I first met you, you didn't know who the hell I was. I was I was just some kid in Southern California and we were playing a practice and, you know, it was out of at Camp Pendleton, which still is a big field to this day. But whatever, there's a bunch of teams there all scrimmaging and. I knew who you were, guarantee you for sure. I know you didn't know who I was. You probably, probably won't even remember the conversation, but we were at Pendleton by where that road is, and your gun was breaking or your gun was shattering paint, and like you guys had just finished a point, and you would actually, you guys were like motherfucking each other over something, and you guys were arguing or something, and you came over and sat down next to me, you know? And, uh, and, then, and then so I can't remember how we started co- talking about stuff, but the group that I was running with at the time was throwing parties, you know, like keggers and all that sort of stuff, like right post high school. And that's a whole nother story, but we were throwing parties. You threw parties. And so we started talking about something or other, and you were like a super nice, fun dude, you know? And I was like, ah, oh, I like this guy, you know, like he's has a, re- you know, at the time you had a reputation, but you weren't a dick to me. You were kind of a really dude, a nice guy. And then the entire time I've known you since then, you were always really genuine to me, you know? Off the field. Now, on the field, we've always had our differences. No, I'm saying always, but, you know, on the field, again, we were competitors, but I respected your bravado. I respected your your on-field persona because that was like you just got out there and kind of let it go. You know, you're just like, hey, man, we're we're doing paintball, man. This is in, it's in between the nets, bro. Like, this is this is just who I am. Like, I'm hyper aggressive. And, you know, this 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 is what I'm bringing to the game. Yeah. Counter that with with shooting me or, you know, all bets are off, you know, and that's how it was. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde syndrome, you know, I mean, on the field, like you said, I I don't, I never really cared about anybody on the field. I really didn't care. I mean, if I hurt somebody, honestly, I didn't care. Um, After the fact, if I find out it was somebody I knew, because I don't see numbers and names, because back then we didn't know who each other was. We always put goggles on and, you know, we didn't have names and numbers. We don't want to, you know, we weren't expressing ourselves in that way, you know. No, you're right. It was, I mean, well, names... Names and numbers did come when JT finally started introducing the right. the, the, jersey. The, the jersey to the game. Mm-hmm. But before, we just wore camouflage, and yep. you were lucky to have your team name on the back, yeah. let alone any sort of name. Sponsors were unheard of back then, you know. Well, yeah, no, so there was speak. no there was no such thing. You yeah. know, was, but I now, mean, you, you had sponsors, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't flashy like you. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't super flashy. It was yep. just straight camouflage. Yeah, and that's how you know it was. So yeah. you really did don a mask when you went out there. You yeah, were and, slightly you know, anonymous. Yeah, you know, nowadays, I mean. You come around and everybody has their, their like you had that you you I think you pretty much patented the the bill, the hat. <laughs> so I swear that I mean, that's how I knew it was you. So I mean it's like and you well, know everyone Brian, was wearing sandanas. I had yeah, to have my own exactly. little style to it, and I'm that's from why Southern and, California. You and know? people ask me why I don't cut my hair, 
it's it's honestly it's 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 my signature. It's I mean, trust me, I, I thought about it a few times, but you know, well, that and you do have good hair, which <laughs> I'm losing my hair, so I hate I hate you well, kind I'm, of subtly I, in I, well, my head. I'll you trade asshole. you some hair for your, you for don't your even vocabulary. Have any gray hair yet? I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you hair for vocabulary. How's that? <laughs> you know, this is what I don't understand, and I know you don't diet, but it's getting to annoy the shit out of me now because like I've got like a gray beard and gray's coming in, and I'm like, I'm younger than you, so I'm just like, hold on, hold on, fate, hold on, genetics. This is bullshit. How do I get this deal? I'm younger and I've got more gray hair and less hair than this asshole. Uh, I don't know, uh, man. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I'm I'm Indian, you know, Cherokee, so mm-hmm. I think that has a little bit to do with it. Maybe, yeah. So at the end of the day, who, who really knows? But, you know, like you said, you know, back in those days, uh, you'd play in the field, you're angry on the field. We could literally be screaming, wanting to punch each other. And as soon as we walk outside the net, we're probably grabbing a beer together. Yeah. And it, cause it's it, just yeah, that quick. Absolutely. And it was... It, it was interesting because you were allowed to channel that demon when you're on the field and then when you get off the field. And I think that still does exist a little bit. You know, I think that it's gotten toned down a little bit. And I respect the professionalism that some guys bring to the game. But I do, you know, it, it's almost like that quiet versus non-quiet pit argument. And it's not really an argument because more and more you have these coaches who demand a quiet pit and don't want guys flying off the handle. And you get kind of checked if you're screaming at people. But... I did come from that understanding of that paintball is an emotional game and that you are allowed to channel that while you're out there. And so that was how I played, you know, and I, I felt I was a hype guy. You know, I was always trying to get guys riled up and kind of get into that. I played hype myself, you know, mm-hmm. like I felt that added to my communication, added to my game. And so to see it kind of, I wouldn't say get denuded, but kind of just kind of get you know, I, you, know down. you know what I'm saying, yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no. Because the rules are regulation, regulations. Yeah. It, it's, I think that the the FUs and the you know the screaming things, and understandably from, from... And I'm not saying, I'm not saying let everyone, like, it should be yeah. like, you know, though I have always joked that people are like, oh, what do we need to do to get, you know, paintball to be like at football level? I'm like, well, first of all, football, baseball, hockey, and basketball all have a generational level of understanding. Like, right. it's been around for generations, so let's just take that out of the equation. Second of all... What we need to do is tune the guns down to 160, take the face masks off, take it down to eight balls a second, and allow fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I'll come back for that. Right? Eight balls a second, I could probably make it at least the Yeah, the no 40. face masks so you can hear what people are saying and see, oh, their, and see yeah. their emotion. Because we used to play with no face masks. We used to I have, would take a ball in the face for 20 grand for any day. We used to call it the, the $20,000 bounce. bounce. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, we used to, when I first played the game in the, in the woods and it was you know, you got on a big pro team. It was like you didn't wear face masks. Some guys did, but but the older guy, professional guys did, you know, because, I mean, there was a lot of overlap, obviously, back in the day because, you know, you guys could be a banker and a pro paintball player still to this day, actually. But, man, it was like, dude, you didn't like if you if you considered yourself a hardcore paintball player, you, you didn't wear a face mask, yep. man. Man, I did I've, not I've, wear a face mask. I have swallowed paintballs yeah. during tournaments. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm kidding? No way. Oh, yeah. Chicago? Chicago, really? uh, Chicago went to, um, at the, at Badlands. I came up to this big center fifty tree, and uh, you're licking your lips telling this story. Oh uh, yeah, no, like, we, like, this is a good story. So <laughs> I shoot. We're playing. God, what God? What team was that? Uh, it was a local Chicago team. Anyway, they're shooting auto mags, and this guy had to be shooting three fifty. So I'm running up, and I get this big center tree. I shoot two or three guys, and all of a sudden I hear some rustling on the other side of the tree, and I'm like, crap, there's somebody on the other side of this tree. And just as I say that. 
I scream out G4 or something like that, and I look around the tree, and this guy's barrel is right in my face. He shoots me. It goes right and hits me right back in the throat. I, I couldn't talk, and I, I couldn't throw up. I was like, like, and I shot him back, and he, he goes like this, kind of falls back a little bit, and my mouth's like, I'm trying to, I'm almost not choking on paint, and it was, I think it was, I want to say it was Nelson. Nelson or Zap? I, I don't think it was Zap, mm. because Zap tastes like toothpaste. So I was going to say, Zap had a distinct flavor yeah. to it. So, I, but anyway, I'm, I'm ready to shot. like crest. And they, they run it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He run, so the ref runs up. He goes, you hit him. I'm like, I shake my head no. And he looks at the other guy, and I shot him like three times in the face. So he, he's like screaming and pointing. And by this time, I already took off. And, man, I run down the field, and there was nobody around. So I shoot like two or three more guys. I get shot, whatever. And then we up winning the game later. Mm. But I'll never forget that, man. He shot me. It hit me. What's that little dingly thing in the back of the throat? Whatever it is, it hit me right there. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you know the balls you punch at at bars. Yeah. When you, they come down, you want to see how much you. <laughs> That's yeah. about what it felt like. It felt like somebody hit me at that like nine hundred. Yeah. Anyway, so we get back, and the guy he was an older guy, and he actually he actually hand, shook my hand and says, "Man, that was amazing." Because I he goes, "How did you do that?" He goes, "Did I not hit you?" And I was like, "Yeah, you shot me. Look, my mouth's all pink." And I'm like, "Yeah, I went, you shot me in the mouth when I was talking when I was screaming." And he goes, man, I couldn't believe it because he was screaming. He looked at me, didn't see a hit. He didn't realize he shot me in the mouth. <laughs> so that that's was, so I'll never, I'll, that was, that's a story to talk about. Is that the worst hit you've ever taken in the face before? Um, no. Actually, one time I was, we were playing on the mound fields uh, in Pittsburgh, as we talked about the star field. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was crawling over one of the mounds. Well, another guy had been on the other side of the mound, exactly where I was, because there was like a little cut with everybody laid in. Mm-hmm. And just as I come over the top, there was no face mask. I come over the top, and his barrel was laying on top of the mound, shooting over the field. But he had stopped shooting for a second. I come over the top, and my I popped up right in front of him, and he shot me right in the bridge of the nose and knocked me out. No way. Yes, knocked no me way. right out. Yeah, that was the worst shot I've ever taken. It hit me, it hit me in the bridge of the nose, but it went up in my goggles, like and kind of it didn't spray my eyes, but it went everywhere. But the combination of like yes. you getting because that's a sensitive spot. Yeah, it hit you me hit right in the bridge of the nose, in the nose, knocked me right out. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's and he was like, oh my god. Like, I remember waking up. He goes, you okay? I don't even know what happened. He goes, you okay? You okay? I'm like, I think so. What happened? He goes, dude, I shot you. And, and then it came back to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I remember hearing the thump. You know, like when you get knocked out, you, yeah. you remember the thump? Yeah. It, that's what I remember. Yeah, that was the worst shot I've ever taken. God, John Richardson bunkered me once in uh, Dallas one year. That almost knocked me out. It didn't <laughs> knock me out, but it was, you know, when you, you know, those, the stars, like the proverbial stars that you see when, when shit gets a little hazy. I was uh, just I was shooting right and like I knew he was close and it was kind of getting to that point, but then the next thing I know, it's just like it's a you know it's that flash you know like the flash, so the flash happens and then everything gets quiet and then everything starts coming back and I I didn't get knocked out I didn't fall down or anything but like it definitely stunned me and then I look up and I just see Johnny over the top of me like using my bunker as his bunker now and and rolling his gun and i was just like and then i had to collect myself and i had to like (laughs) stumble (laughs) off the field like i got up and i'm just like okay john richardson just shot me in the head a couple times and i'm dead and i'm gonna now walk off the field and i'm like trying to see what's happening with the game but i'm like still kind of trying to collect myself right so that was pretty bad i remember what i did as nicky remember when he played with excessive and i blew his earring out Yes. In the center? Yeah. Oh, I think he's... A, yeah, I felt bad about that one. Because he, I love Nicky. He's one of my, one of my oh, favorite people. I love Nicky, too. The worst the, the the worst shot I ever took in the mouth, ever, was in Portland one year. Woods Ball Field. 
no masks, obviously. And uh, I, I was, we, we were on Navarone, and we, we won the event, actually. But uh, I was clearing a side out on a push. Because back in the woods, a push was like a coordinated attack. It wasn't like it is now, you know. I mean, you'd, you'd play a 20-minute game. And then if time was running down, you'd see where the enemies were, and you'd be like, all right, well, and you'd get back together, and you'd coordinate the push and run up and tell your guys. And like, it was like a, it was chess. Yeah. Yes. Chess in the woods with guns. And... And so we did that and I was, you know, one of the main guys. So I, you know, but I was like one of the stunts, you know, so it was like we had a front guys and then they were going to make their move. And then I was going to come off that on a delay and streak the tape streak all the way down, you know, the sideline. And um, it was like a lot of up and down and some crazy terrain. So I'm on this big run getting shot at from afar and I come up and I go to bunker this guy on the big move on, on the delay, come around on him. And I come around looking into a barrel, <laughs> just on the full full sprint, dive under, you know, duck underneath the tree, run around a bush, like just digging for it, getting shot at, and I'm getting, and I'm just digging, digging for it, and I, I know where exactly where it is, and I go to drop the hammer, and I come right around at full speed, and well, not full speed because it's the woods, <laughs> but you know, three quarter speed, and I come around, and I'm just like barrel right in my face, and and I just feel like thumps like you know like it was just straight got punched in the face twice yep. three times or whatever and like and and so we traded though like i you know as soon as i saw the barrel i'm pulling trigger and he's pulling trigger so we're pulling trigger together and he's pumping him directly into my <laughs> mouth from fucking inches away and i'm putting him right on him and uh and then we both kind of you know we both hit the dirt and uh and then i and i come up and i'm just bleeding out of my mouth but i had a pretty fat goatee at the time thank god and um but it was still it was like so he's out i'm out and we walk off and i'm just pouring blood out of my mouth dude like just took three hits right to the face from from you know no feet away and uh and i so i'm spitting out and i'm like checking my teeth i'm like all right everything's good nothing's moving around spit the blood out and we went back and cleaned up and then went back out and won the tournament but it was like that was <laughs> that was definitely one of the worst prices i had to pay yeah to, I, def to I definitely had that for sure so, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, just me. Had, I had such a long career and I'm very happy for what paintball has given me. Mm -hmm. And now with this up and coming season coming up, I mean, I definitely want to give I want to give back to every, every everybody and everybody that I've ever, ever had, you know, give something to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these players out there, you know, Maddie and I are always available. I am for sure on Twitter. Yeah, me too, man. You, know, you hit know. me up. If you got a great story to tell, uh, that, that we could help in telling, please hit me up on uh, your story at paintballaccess.com uh, or hit me up on Facebook or, you know, just because it's about that. That what we're doing right here is about those stories. You know, that's what it's about. And we got a, cr a crazy season coming at you. I mean, there's like we were talking about before we just got swirled into the history because we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we could talk. We could talk for two. Three oh, more my hours. God. We're going to have to do a part. We're going to have to do like a, a next part. Yes. A, 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 Quarter. A, a, we'll do yeah. a quarterly. Well, yeah. But. But uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a crazy season. In the uh, in the PSP, we got you know. So we we already talked about damage a little bit. Um, Impact I think is gonna be a really big team this year. Um, the Ironmen look really strong. They got Marcelo Margot and and Alex Goldman playing on the same team. Yeah, I mean that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be ridiculous. That's Yin Yang and Upside's Field Snake and Dorito side. Yeah, that's gonna be amazing. But you to know? have like one of the because both those guys are like standout ones. Mm -hmm. You know, you have those ones, those just amazing players on each side of the field and a lot of teams have like an all-star one and then they have a, a you know they'll have a good pool on the other side but 
you know, to have an Alex Goldman and a Marcelo Margot now reunited on the same team playing for Mike Kimmon, who's the coach that made them famous, like that's, well, you can almost say that actually Shane made him famous. But regardless, like the, they, they, they started out with him as their right. coach on Aftermath. Now he's the coach of, 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 of uh, the Ironman. Right. Dude, that's going to be crazy, too. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the champions and challengers, how that winds out. Yes. I mean, that is, that throws a, that's a whole new ball game. That means everybody's got to be on point and on their game every game or every tournament. Yeah. I mean, one slip up, and that could cost you the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, totally. that, you got to really stay on your game. I mean, but that's that's a great thing about paintball. Yes. I mean, be consistent. Yeah, exactly. So like we talked about at the start of the show, I mean, there's for sure at least at least seven, eight teams that at any point in time could win this thing. And it's going to make for some really, really interesting games, some really interesting tournaments. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. You know, Dynasty looks really good. The Ironmen look really good. Obviously, Houston Heat looks good. Damage looks good. We got new guys coming into the league. Impact's coming in again. Yep. Finally playing a full season. Uh, they rebooted, you know, with with uh, Greg's. They got Greg Sewers from Infamous. Infamous looks it looks good, but they lost Greg Sewers, who yep. was the best player for them in 2013. Yep. So, I mean, it's gonna be for interesting year at the end. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, man, we just, we just need to talk again about this after Dallas because yeah, so much is gonna go down. Yeah, it's. Gonna I be mean, crazy. I, I look at the rosters and I've been trying to keep up on paypalaccess.com, but for some reason, there's just too much going on. <laughs> so much going on. I mean, on. I only have so much time to look at this stuff. I mean, yeah. it was like, bam, bam. It was like one after another, after another, after another. Scott Kemp. Yeah, going Scott to, Kemp going playing to San Antonio for X Factor. X Factor yeah. I mean, they I mean, used Mikhail Kovar, but, you know, gained Scott Kemp. Yeah, Scott, and they gained, yeah Michael Kovar is going to Moscow. Like, it's, it's crazy. getting crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm looking, you know, I think Mikhail Kovar are, mm-hmm. will be a good fit for those guys. I think Scott Kemp will be a great fit for Antonio. I think so, too. And then that's you know, that's why we shoot the paintballs at each other, man. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like you and me could sit here and talk forever about who's going to win and what's going to happen. But honestly, we'll find out, man, a couple weeks here, come March 14th through the 17th. Like we're going to find out who the best paintball team is in the world. And we're also going to find out how well all these off season moves Pickups, yeah. worked for these other teams, because, you know, you, the, you know, these guys can, you know, we've had a lot of these guys in interviews and heard them say their piece, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, you can talk, all day long about how awesome your team's going to be and what you bring to the team or what your buddy brings to the team because he's on the team now. But it doesn't really matter because in a couple weeks, like the horn's going to sound and all these guys are going to start shooting at each other. And we're really going to find out who's the best and who's not. Right. So that's that's what I'm stoked on. So yeah, Chris, thank you for sitting in here. I'll, I'll make it down more. This, yeah, this please. Is a lot of I was going to say. No, come, I'll make can it down. You please come down. I, because, I promise like, you. I promise you. Next there's, time. There's so much that we we didn't get to talk about in our short time here, and uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. But well, we'll do one at least once between each tournament. How's can we that? please do that? I, I promise. Make you Make me that promise. I promise you I'll do that. Yes. You heard, right, you heard everyone here heard that. Everyone heard, heard. Everyone heard Chris <laughs> promise that he's going to come down. I'll come down at least once between tournaments. Yeah, we'll come down. We'll get dinner. We'll I do didn't the whole say what deal. tournaments though. <laughs> 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 no, I would definitely do that without questions. So. Yeah, no, come down. It'll be sweet. I mean, I just, you don't live far. It's not like it's it's San Diego, bro. It's just, yeah, but I I, it, I, I I like it here. So. Yeah, no, I and you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing you guys coming up at the PSP get, um, yes. at Dallas right now. Coming up, yeah. in two weeks. If you're in the area or anywhere within driving distance, definitely come out and see the best paintball players on the planet Earth. They're going to be throwing down again March 14th through the 17th. And, uh, man, can't wait for it. First PSP event in Dallas. And uh, I'd like to thank Chris Osoya for sitting in here with me, Maddie Marshall. And this is The Real Deal Podcast. See you guys next time. Ciao.